Outside of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast. This is episode 496. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, Andrew NLSC on X. Joining me as always, my co-host Derek, DP3 in our forum, and DP3G and DP384 on X. Derek, good to be on here talking to you as always. You've uh, actually been a bit busy this week, moving, always fun, always a fun activity to do, but even so, we had time to connect and play a couple of our favorites. I can't drop basketball video games, Andrew. Of course not. I always have to be playing. I have to include it as part of my daily routine. Uh, I do want to say that this episode of the NLSC podcast is all about positivity. As we're going to be talking about our favorite basketball video game of all time and the community's favorite basketball video games of all time, which is part of our mailbag segment this week. And... In honor of the nature of this episode, Andrew and I played a game of NBA 2K17 for the PC co-op using the 0607 Warriors versus the CPU 0607 Wizards and also a game of NBA Live 06 using an 0910 roster mod, once again the PC version, where we used the Boston Celtics at home versus the Los Angeles Lakers. And I got to tell you, there's a reason these two games stand out for us. Uh, there's a reason why we spent so much time on these games, because you and I were able to hop into both of these games, get immediately acclimated to the controls, and just have an absolute blast. I mean, these are, as I mentioned a few episodes ago when I touched on my top 25, which I wrote about for Monday Tip Off, cheap plug as always, these two are my top two favorite all-time basketball video games. So, you didn't really have to twist my arm to uh, to get on past second play these two. Yeah, and I think what's cool about our sessions is we always figure it out. So Andrew and I love playing co-op, and you know even when we're switching games, like NBA 2K17 and NBA Live 06 are quite a bit different <laughs> yeah. um, with some of the controller mapping, with some of you know the way the animations work, the way you have to play the games. But we're really good at adjusting on the fly, you know, switching games and also playing incredibly well together. I thought in that NBA Live 06 session, some of our give and goes on the fast break between like Rondo and Pierce or Pierce and Garnett, etc., you know, throwing alley-oops and, and getting, you know, buckets and traffic and everything. I thought that we did incredibly well. And the first game, though, that we played was on 2K17, so let's talk about that. So like I said, 0607 Warriors, Andrew and I versus the CPU 0607 Wizards. And these were our stats. So Baron Davis had 17 points, Jason Richardson 16, Al Harrington 11, Beadrins 10, Steven Jackson 8, and Monta Ellis Montalas really couldn't get it going in that game, but he did have a nice fast break dunk. We were playing six-minute quarters, uh, seven assists for Al Harrington, six for Baron Davis, two steals for Baron Davis, um, and both him and Jason Richardson kind of lit it up. Uh, seven for eight for Baron Davis and seven for ten for Jason Richardson. But that game just is so balanced gameplay-wise. Um, you'll see it in the highlights up on the NLSC YouTube just, you know, slashing with Baron Davis and making moves in traffic or dunking in traffic. Um, Jason Richardson getting a quick first step baseline and doing like a 360 dunk. Uh, us driving and kicking to Al Harrington, who knocks down threes. We got Monta Ellis with step back shots, etc. Like the, the, the gameplay, it's just so 
good and the foot planting is so good and the shooting might be the best in basketball in excuse me in nba 2k video game history but we just had a blast during that session andrew and that is a great team to use those we believe warriors i mean they are they were an underdog so obviously popular for that people didn't necessarily like the rest of the playoffs uh after they broke the brackets as it were but it was definitely an exciting first round series they put up a fight in the second as well and such a great video game team as you say you've got baron davis you've got jason richardson you've got monte ellis you've got other solid players on those warriors uh, al harrington as you said and stephen jackson and even of course petrus video game legend uh, michael petrus and I really like the way we played, just making some great give-and-goes, as you said. And that fast-break alley-oop to Jason Richardson, uh, I think was my favorite play of the game. How smooth was that? Yeah. Everything yeah. in motion, everything in stride. The animation was not you know janky at all. And none of the animations that led up to that dunk um, were janky at all. And, you know, 0607, that NBA season, did have multiple fun teams to use in video games the knicks who were not good in real life were fun of course yes 0607 francis and marbury because definitely. francis and marbury and then you had the wizards who we played against in this game that had you know gilbert arenas anton jameson deshaun stevenson that is a fun team and Karan butler to you know put on the floor and make highlights with and compete with and everything and, and i feel like every anytime you have like uh an exciting point guard, a dynamic point guard, you know, like Gilbert Arenas on that team, um, you can make that team fun to use, right? Because that's your primary ball handler. Uh, another case of that is the Nuggets in 06, 07 um, after the trade. And, you know, that's Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony, Kenyon Martin, uh, Marcus Camby, J.R. Smith. How fun is that team, Andrew? That's a great right? video game team, absolutely. And what's impressive is we're playing with retro teams. And of course, this is the great Ultimate Classic Teams roster that you made, you and your brothers worked on, that you can have these retro teams playing in a game that was developed 10 years later and with the right attributes and with the right tendencies and everything, it plays so authentically. Yeah. Um, I am proud of this roster, as you know. Yeah, and rightfully so. The, these two teams that were put on the floor for this game um, were not part of the base game and we did work really hard on the signatures tendencies all the art um badges all of that stuff for the players and i think it just made for a super authentic experience so on the other side for the wizards um we really stifled arenas uh, he took the second most shots on the wizards that game he took nine deshaun stevenson ended up taking 10 and the reason was because we were pressuring arenas pretty much at half court and that's a good part of 2K17. It's fun to play on-ball defense. You always want to control the guy guarding the ball. Um, and it's fun to apply pressure and get poke steals, et cetera. The stealing and blocking in NBA 2K17 are, are awesome, right? They don't feel super canned. Uh, they feel pretty organic. But we pressured Arenas, and that ended up having Stevenson have to shoot a little bit more. So Stevenson had 12 points on 5 of 10 shooting. Anton Jameson had 11 points on 5 of 7 shooting. Arenas was 4 for 9, 9.7 assists. As I said, he had to pass most of the time, so he led the team in assists. And um, Wizards legend Brendan Hayward, as you know, uh, had 6 points. But, yeah, I, I love NBA 2K17. Is it my favorite basketball video game of all time? It's tough to say because you know how much I love NBA Street Volume 2, right? Absolutely. NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Um, how much I love you know NBA Fast Break slash Action. 
98. You know about, you know, how much I really enjoyed NBA 2K13, NBA 2K14. But the reason why I wanted to put NBA 2K17 on and play that against you in honor of this episode is because it's the game I spent the most time on. We, my brothers and I, played this game consistently for about seven years. That is a long time, Andrew. Like, week in, week out, modding it, using Play Now, playing my league, just, um, you know, doing my league fantasy drafts, you uh, doing my league classic teams, doing my league regular teams, all of that stuff. The amount of time we spend in this game, thousands upon thousands of hours. And the main reason, as we've talked about so many times on the NLSC podcast, is the strong gameplay. It's just fun to pull stuff off on the floor. Uh, the, I feel like the gameplay is super balanced on offense and defense. It's the last game in the old motion system, so it was really ironed out and really strong. I think that the game isn't super dependent on artificial boosts. It's more skill-related. And you know, when you're getting out on the fast break like you and I were and doing give-and-goes for alley-oops, when you do like a drive-and-kick – uh, when you do a poke steal, when you come over from the weak side and get a block, like I think I did at the end of the quarter with Al Harrington, um, you know, off the glass and everything, it just feels like basketball, right? And I think that's why that session we just had was so fun. And of course, we are very familiar with those games. I played a lot as well and have returned to it in the years since. And we we both appreciate good basketball and we like to play unselfishly and, and make the right play. Of course, we're going for highlights, but uh, we like to team up to go for those highlights. And yet, when you're playing offline, playing either a single-player mode or the offline multiplayer, as you do, well, whether it's co-op or head-to-head, you, you don't have to move on to the new game. You're not relying on servers. You're not relying on the online scene to be active and vibrant. You can just continue to play that game for years and years. And that is something we used to do back in the day. Uh, I did get into the habit, as I've said before, of uh, playing online every year, getting the online team play modes, and and those were fun. But you you do have to move on every year and get on that grind straight away if you want to uh, be competitive with the other players uh, online. And I just want to circle back to Brennan Hayward for a sec and throw some trivia out there. Uh, One of four players to have played with both Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Can you name the other three? No, but why don't you lay it on me? So in addition to Brennan Haywood, there is Jerry Stackhouse. He was briefly on the Heat in the 2011 season and played with MJ in 2003. Uh, Larry Hughes was on the Cavs with him and with on the Wizards with MJ. But Scott Williams, playing with the Bulls in the early 90s, of course, and his final year with the Cavs in 2005. Raise your hand if you remembered that Stackhouse had a brief stint with the Miami Heat. Right. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners, how many many of our listeners, um, remember that. They might more remember his um, stint with the Nets. Mm. Actually, um, I just remember him hitting corner threes with the Nets, and I, I think the announcers were like making a big deal out of it and whatnot. But no, that is some fun bit of trivia, and I got to bring the trivia back to the podcast, Andrew. A lot of fun, and the uh, community loves it as well. Great response to this week's mailbag, of course. People love talking about their favorites as we do. And, and yeah, 2K17, definitely up there for me. And it, it really is hard to come up with your top 25, top 5, top 10, even naming, as you said, your one single favorite because you think, okay, it's this one. 
but what about all the time I spent on that one? And okay, maybe I didn't spend as much time on that one, but I had an absolute blast with it. Like an NBA Street, maybe NBA Street Volume 2, maybe you don't put in quite as much time as 2K17, but your time on the sticks, the quality of it is comparable. Here's a good way to look at it, I guess. What game do you put on and you never get sick of? Yeah, that's a good Right. Like every single time you put it on, you look forward to playing it. I think NBA 2K17 is one of those games for me. And NBA Live 06 is definitely one of those games for you. I'd say the low light of this session on 2K17 was me swinging the ball towards the end of the shot clock to Beadrins and Andrew jacking up a three (laughs) with him. And of course, the result was not favorable in that regard. But um, I made up for it with a nice spinning end of quarter buzzer shot with jason richardson from about 18 feet out that was very nice that uh, buzzer beater but you know even though a moment like that with bedrins where the the play is kind of broken down and we're, we're trying to do something and it doesn't work out and just have to launch a shot at the end of the shot clock we do see that in real basketball so i, I kind of appreciate that we we were trying something and it didn't work out and i think in a sim game you shouldn't just be able to do whatever you want every single time. So I kind of appreciate the realism of that, in in a way. Same here. Absolutely. What was your, outside of that Jason Richardson lob, what was your favorite part of that 2K17 session? I think that pass from uh, from Baron Davis to Beedrins inside. A much better play with Beedrins because I pulled off the, the uh, flashy pass in there and just that whip pass down uh, down low and Beedrins just went up and, and dunked in... Uh, whose face was it what did he get uh jameson on that one i i think it was jameson yeah yeah so uh that was uh, another nice play as well he wasn't a bad player he was just limited offensively he gave the warriors what they needed defensively and he you know he could operate a little bit under the rim better than foil <laughs> better than foil yeah better than foil foil gave us nothing no and, that, that's not true he gave and, us a, an illegal screen no yeah he <laughs> he actually ruined a highlight on that he did um because i had done a great burst and i was going to the hoop and ready to posterize somebody and of course Donald foil not aware of what's going on around him just decides to move into a screen like draymond green and back then andrew they called it but they did nowadays it's moving screens all day what bugged me about that was that i wasn't moving i I just held the button and thought i released it in time to uh, set a good screen but no foil just uh just dropped his shoulder i didn't tell him to do that but foil foiled the play foil failed yeah he foiled foiled the play absolutely yeah so our next session was on nba live 06 and like i stated at the onset of this episode we were using an 0910 roster mod the nlsc one andrew yeah you're quite proud of absolutely and both their mods uh both their mods on display yeah, and make sure to check out those gameplay videos on the NLSC YouTube because I think they came out really well. And um, I feel like those games shine with those mods, and you can kind of get lost in those mods. And that's what you want out of mods, right? Especially roster mods is you you want to like it, it's got to feel like what it's trying to portray. Definitely. So like that felt like a real O six O seven matchup on NBA two K seventeen, and it felt like a real O nine ten matchup on Live O six. But of course, this is that. The legendary matchup on Live 06 between the Lakers and Celtics. And, of course, we have Sheed Andrew on this 0910 Celtics team. And he balled out for us. Crowd favorite. In fact, Crowd favorite. was tied for the lead on our team in scoring. He ended up with 25 points, 11 rebounds, and 3 assists. And just his versatility and just being a man inside and you know throwing it down on cleanup 
uh, rebounds, et cetera, you know, being able to execute little fadeaways with him and everything. What a nice guy to put alongside Kevin Garnett. And when I say nice guy, I mean nice player because Rasheed Wallace was not known <laughs> as a nice guy. Um, but the, our stats in this game, we played six-minute quarters on all-star difficulty. It's uh, Rasheed Wallace, 25 points. Kevin Garnett, 20 points. Pierce, 20 points. Uh, Ray Allen, 25 points. Garnett also added eight rebounds and four assists. Pierce, seven rebounds and six assists. Gar- Garnett had two blocks. Kendrick Perkins, who I absolutely hate as a voice in the media, had two blocks and four points. Didn't get a lot of minutes because we really wanted Rasheed Wallace on the floor, which makes perfect sense. Uh, Nate Robinson chipped in very nicely off the bench. I think you would agree. He had seven points, um, three assists, and one nice throwdown dunk with one hand. um, Slashing to the basket. Rondo had six points and eight assists. Also six steals. Rondo was known to gamble a bit in real life, and our gambling in that game paid off. Um, this game went to overtime, Andrew, and um, it was Kobe that got it into overtime because we were up by three, and Kobe hit a three from the left wing extended um, area and smoked it. Uh, but we came out in the overtime just determined to win this game. And I think we went on like an 8-0 run to start the overtime, and we never looked back. But I was really proud of the way we adjusted to Live 06 from NBA 2K17. I think we went down 10-2 to to start the game because there's always that minute of you know trying to regain familiarity. But once we figured it out, it was you know nice rotations on defense. It was us doing give and goes to alley-oops on the fast break. It was us settling down in the half court and getting Kevin Garnett and Rasheed Wallace in the low and high post. It was, you know, cutting baseline or doing face cuts and whatnot in order to get nice mid-rangers with Pierce. It was, you know, getting our defender off balance and hitting threes with Ray Allen. It was, you know, getting like on the ball handler close with Rondo and getting some of those poke steals and, you know, utilizing some of those amazing steal mechanics, which are some of the best of all time in NBA Live 06. And uh, just a reminder, again, we played this on the PC version, but I thought we used that team incredibly well, four people with over 20 points and Rondo distributing. You couldn't ask for more than that. It really did feel like a 2010 showdown between the uh, Lakers and Celtics. I was quite pleased with that, obviously, uh, with it being my roster, you know, egotistically. But uh, no, a lot of fun. The overtime, we've done that before where we've gone into overtime and we've just locked it down. We've just said, okay, we are going to, we are not losing this game. Okay, we'll let it go into overtime, but we are not letting this one slip away. And we just came out firing, came out making those stops. And yeah, very satisfying win, especially after starting out a little bit slow, as you say, adjusting to the, the mechanics of, of the game. We have played this game a lot. We are very familiar with it. But again, coming from 2K17, you need to make those quick adjustments. Uh, oh, okay, I've just been trying to do something that I was trying to do in 2K17. That won't work. <laughs> Different mechanics. So you do have a couple of uh, hiccups in the early going, but we did adjust very quickly. 06 is a game that you can pick up and play. So that definitely helps and i love that kobe made that shot to send it into overtime uh in so much as that it was kobe obviously the other player that was really taking it to us and, and this was quite realistic as well was run our test because he was big we were getting bullied yeah. we were getting bullied in that he 20, was bullying yeah, us absolutely. and doing jump stops and everything yeah and hitting threes 
Yeah, a couple of defense, couple of defensive yeah. stops as well at the other end. Uh, I mean, he was big for them in that 2010 title run for the Lakers, so it made sense that uh, that he was such a bully. But a couple of big threes as well, and that uh, took us by surprise because we were draped all over him on a couple of those threes, but he nailed them in our face. So yeah, we had to really uh, look out for our test as well. Andrew's memory is spot on here. What is that, that photographic memory we always hear about, Andrew? Um, Artest did have a few stops. He had two steals and one block. Uh, He had 21 points, five rebounds, and four assists. Uh, Kobe led the team in scoring, testament to your awesome roster and the accuracy of it. He had 24 points, two rebounds, six assists. Uh, Derek Fisher had 13 points and actually dished out 11 assists. He was finding Kobe and Artest for threes pretty consistently in this game. Um, Pogasol had 20 points and 11 rebounds, two assists. That's a realistic stat line for him. And Bynum was killing us with two-handed dunks, Andrew, in traffic. Uh, he had 18 points, uh, but he only had four rebounds. Why? Because he had to battle consistently against Kevin Garnett and Rasheed Wallace down there, and that's no easy feat. He did have two blocks. Uh, Pogasol had five blocks. That's that's a lot. Um, but, yeah, that both sessions were incredibly fun. Uh, some of my favorite things about NBA Live 06 are the steel mechanics because I don't feel like they're very canned. And there's just so many of them. I think that there's the most steel animations, like different types of animations in NBA Live's video game history, I think, are in NBA Live 06 PC. I am floored by how many different types, you know, getting steals from the back, getting steals from the front while the ball's on the floor, while the guy's going up for a shot, um, then just different variations of those, etc. It's so fun to get into the passing lanes and get steals on the ball. I also have really warmed up to the freestyle superstar stuff. I think back in the day, I thought it was a little bit overwhelming and a little bit um, like crack. Andrew, a little yeah. bit too addicting, and you felt like you had to do it. Not that I've ever done crack, Andrew. No, uh, no. but no, of course not. But uh, you know, like the, the the thing is, is that now I, I I feel like I can utilize it without completely abusing it, right? Like we weren't doing freestyle sh- shooting on every shot with Ray Allen, right? Or a freestyle score every time with Paul Pierce. We were kind of mixing it in there um, as the opportunity presented itself. So I did enjoy the freestyle superstar aspect of that game as well. I also just love the alley-oops. And I think that's one of the biggest improvements over NBA Live 05 is alley-oops make sense. The players jump for them properly. Um, The ball doesn't just go randomly sailing out of bounds, etc. And as we talked about on a prior episode, they keep running on the fast break as opposed to NBA Live 05, where they stop to catch every pass. And fill the lane, absolutely. How great were our fast breaks in that game? People, watch the video. The fast breaks are awesome. Um, And it just makes for a more realistic basketball experience. Catching it in stride, uh, such an improvement over Live 2005. And and look, Live 2005 is one of my all-time favorites as well. But that is an improvement that 06 made that people do forget about. I think people do focus on the freestyle superstars and the some of the drawbacks of that and how it could be a bit arcadey, especially on the lower levels. But you do crank the difficulty up. You adjust the sliders a bit as well. And it, it, it's not a score every time with them. Because I tried a couple of moves with uh, Paul Pierce and it, it didn't work out. I probably should have pulled back and just taken a, a regular jump shot. But I tried to do an up and under layup. 
and it, it yeah, you did the you did the floater freestyle superstar accidentally with Pierce from about like twenty feet out. Oh, the that ball was, that was actually just a floater. Sailing. I, I, that was oh, actually was just it? Me, that was actually oh, yeah, just me hitting it. Went yeah, super sailing and went you off the back of the rim. I, <laughs> I cleaned it up, yeah, and I did a dunk off of um, that. I want to say it was with KG. I, I can't remember, um, but yeah, if you don't use those in the right spots, it it doesn't go well, right? Um, so like you said, I thought, I thought both of us used it when we should have. And the CPU was using it as well. Like Kobe pulling off a couple of moves. He, he actually missed it behind the back, uh, wrapping up behind his back and missed the layup. It, so it wasn't a, uh, uh, a highlight, you know, blew the highlight there, but he also made a couple of other up and under layups using the, uh, outside score of freestyle superstars inside moves because in the, in the, in the paint, the outside scorer does change to, uh, it's more of a slasher really kind of, uh, uh, you know, wing scorer, the outside scorer, really, because they do have some inside moves. Uh, it converts to those in the paint. But he pulled off a couple of those. Pau Gasol going high off the board with his uh, inside scorer, free soul superstars from the CPU. He did so, that many times, and he hurt yeah, us. Yeah. yeah, and Fisher with his freestyle superstar shooting. And you want that. You, you, want, you want the CPU using those moves and being aggressive with them. The game was a challenge. Mm. It felt like a real challenge too, right? Like I said on the last episode of the NLSC podcast, one of the things that's frustrating for me about like NBA 2K24 and some of the recent 2Ks is the challenge doesn't feel organic, right? It feels like you're almost getting cheated by the game's mechanics, and it's just super based off of things like suction um, and artificial boosts and everything. Um, but you know, during both of those games on NBA 2K17 and NBA Live 06, I felt like we were just playing basketball, Andrew. And that's why it was so fun. What, what a novel um, concept, and, playing basketball in a basketball video game. I know. Uh, how, how about that? Yeah. Um, but, you know, in that game, I thought that we did a really balanced job of using everybody. And I think that you and I both have the same mindset going into each game doing that, right? Like, sure, you know, it's kind of fun to score 80 or 100 with one player, right, <laughs> at times just to goof off. But when you're using regular NBA teams, past or present and whatnot, uh, it's really fun to also use those teams realistically. So with the Celtics in 09-10, and just during that Rondo, KG, Paul Pierce, you know, Ray Allen era, it was all about Rondo creating, right? And, you know, creating for Ray Allen, Pierce, and KG, you know, getting them in their spots, defense sagging off of Rondo a bit so you couldn't really shoot from the – because he couldn't really shoot well from the outside. He got better at that later in his career but still not like a great shooter or anything. But, you know, it's – there was a couple plays in that game that were just very, very realistic. It's, you know – you dribbled up the court and you saw me fade out with Ray Allen and you hit me for a, a quick shot and I shot it right away off the catch. Um, I was using Rondo and I got you the ball to, you know, with KG in the high post and you immediately went into like your face up game and you hit an outside shot. There was another play where there was a screen set and Pierce curled off and I found him with Rondo. So that was just me controlling both players and I hit an off balance shot with Pierce. That's using KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce like they played in real life, right? And then there was a couple of uh, opportunities where we did get a first step on Derek Fisher with Rondo, and we attacked the basket and tried to finish. So you and I, I think the reason why it's fun to play co-op together, why we have success when we play co-op together, no matter what difficulty level we're playing on, is because we're kind of viewing that game through the same lens, 
I Eric, agree. I could agree. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's that old school sim nation idea of how to play basketball video games that we are assuming control of these players and we want to play like those players obviously we want the cpu to control those players realistically as well but when we're on the sticks and when we're controlling those players we want to play like them and even now to little flourishes you may have noticed a couple of times when i was defending with kg flicking the right stick up on defense uh, does a taunt and that felt very kg like to do so i taunted a couple of times with kg uh, when he was uh, uh guarding kobe i did see that i also i don't know if you noticed this thing at the end of the game but i funneled Derek fisher into you while you were using kevin garnett and you got a key block do you remember that play yeah it was very so satisfying. i just knew you yeah. i just knew you were going to be there so i funneled him to the middle of the paint and right when he got to the hoop, you came over from the weak side and got the shot block with Kevin Garnett. Such a realistic sequence. And remember, people, this game got released in 2005. But if you know the players, how they played in real life, and you're in sync during a co-op session, I don't care how old the game is. You can, you know, make some realistic sequences. Oh, right? de- definitely. So, I mean, look, the, are the animations going to be all these signature animations of a current game or a game that came out maybe 10 years later? Of course not. It's going to be utilizing the technology of the time. There are limitations to that for the PS2 era because the PC version was a PS2 Xbox version port. But they packed a lot of great stuff into 06 for uh, PC, PS2 and Xbox back in the day. And uh, we've talked about the 360 version being a bit better than we remembered, but yeah the the that pc version and uh and that, that version of the game it it holds up incredibly well as i said to you after we finished playing i am very tempted to pick up tools and do some more with that game i've been, I've been talking about doing some rosters for 2005 to 08 because you can convert them so easily between those four games but i'm thinking that i should really just focus on 06 for some retro modding well how great is it to use your own mods and you know with a smile on your face yeah like happy about how they came out and i think that's how we both felt during these sessions and i can't say which that there that one of the sessions was more fun than the other i think both of those games were equally fun you know the 2k17 game and the live 06 game um and you know what 10 years from now andrew i'm still probably going to be turning on these games and playing them a bit that's just the way to look at it absolutely we're we're talking about one of the best releases in the NBA Live series, one of the best releases in the 2K series, two games that hold up extremely well, and with a couple of rosters that were made with love and made with dedication, as, as we both did. I can attest to that. I know the work that you and your brothers put into that, that, you, that it's, it just enhances the game. And look, these games are still fun to revisit with default rosters, as many other classics are, but if you can enhance it with a mod that does something new like Legends teams, we've done that with Live 08 and Live 99, of course, the Champs rosters and the Legends rosters, all-time teams rosters, etc. Or the 2002 rosters for NBA Live 99 that I made back in the day as well. That Actually, I did notice a couple of issues with that one, like uh, Tyron Lou dunking for some reason, but uh, that aside, that you can change up these retro gaming experiences and get even more out of them by dusting off these old mods. Uh, actually, I have a video that will already be out by the time this uh, podcast goes live that is showcasing an old Cyberface mod for LeBron James, Teenage LeBron, uh, released in 2002 by Barnsey. Uh, shout out to Barnsey, wherever you are. It's been a while since you've uh, checked in with the community, but made this face back in 2002, Derek, for NBA Live 2001. Chucked it in there, played a one-on-one against Kobe. Uh, a lot of fun, and uh, 
it's funny that now people are making faces for his son Bronny and uh, putting those in the game but back in the day early 2000s we were uh, making a face for this high school uh, phenom and uh, ahead of him actually debuting in the NBA before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, mb-line.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball, and on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. Since we're doing cheap plugs, Andrew, make sure to um, check out Andrew's NBA Live 2001 gameplay video featuring that cyber face of young LeBron James. But I did put up a video uh, for NBA 2K24, Yes, my team, um, where I completed the Knicks challenge, so on pro, all-star, and superstar, and posted those highlights. And I was proud of how I played. And I used Ben Gordon quite a bit during those challenges. You were impressed. That's your uh, one of your favorite players yeah, of happy to all see time. That. Yeah. But it was doing you know spinning jump shots, um, step backs, uh, you know, sideaways, um, you know, buzzer shots from about 25, 30 feet with him, you know, to end quarters, uh, attacking the rim, etc. He is a steal and he is cheap. So I, uh, there's some sleepers in NBA 2K24, my team, where you don't have to spend a ton of VC. And I'm going to name a few of them right now. Ben Gordon, he's 85 overall, under 15K VC. Great shot maker in that game. Um, Kevin Martin. Um, he is also super cheap and his shot, his release is really easy in that game. So you can knock down a bunch of threes with him. Um, Robert pack, you know how much I've been using him play bully ball with him. He attacks the, the hoop with a vengeance. He throws it down in traffic. He's an a or B from three. So like on that video, you'll see me knock down a three with him so he can step out and hit threes as well. Do jump stops and finish. Awesome awesome pickup uh kevin durant 85 overall i think he was only 8200 vc you'll see me hitting threes with him in that video and throwing oops to him and whatnot so those are some really good steals and you got people in there like steph curry who's 85 overall who still is incredibly effective on pro all-star and superstar um and he's under 15k as well there look for those players in nba 2k 24 my team that are between 82 and 85 overall and are under 15k VC because if your favorite mode is domination uh, or you want to take on other challenges within my team that are on pro all-star or superstar, you can get a lot of good players there and maybe you can even, you know, win the majority of your matches with, you know, no money spent. And it's a good time to get into it because it, it does get crazy a few seasons into uh, you know, a few months or a few seasons now as it is into my team when they start releasing all the OP cards, etc. 
and it really becomes a money grab. And early on, you can look at those cheaper cards and don't be put off by the overall. I mean, obviously, they're not releasing the top cards at this time anyway. So 82 to 85, those cards are pretty useful. But again, don't just look at the overall rating, <laughs> much like regular rosters. Look at what they can do if they are great shooters, if they've got that great form, that quick release. Uh, ben Gordon just you know, firing it up as he did, and you were using Gordon very effectively at all the plays, obviously. But uh, it was great to see Gordon out there doing his thing and Robert Pack. Uh, making up for that phantom stint with the Celtics in 2000. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of NBA Live 2001, uh, that's in, on the PS1 version that, that captures his uh, phantom stint with the Celtics, actually. But yeah, those plays very effective at this time, and you can keep uh, just slowly building your collection and, yeah, as the seasons go by, adding those uh, new players and working your way through domination. So definitely great advice there. Don't get too hung up on the overall. Absolutely. Another example of that and another player I picked up, which I highly recommend, is Jason Richardson. Uh, I believe he's also 85 overall. And he has gold posterizer, right? He has some gold badges. And you'll see me throwing it down with him and doing some stylish dunks and whatnot. And he can also step out and hit threes and do some stuff in the mid-range. And I want to say that I got that Jason Richardson for around 8,000 VC, right? So don't get hung up on getting 90 overall and above because I don't want the community spending money if they you know, don't need to or doing it because they feel like they have to. Try to look for some sleepers and you might be able to have a little bit of fun. I will say that that next challenge overall, putting those highlights together and whatnot and even just playing all three, I did have a decent time. Is it my favorite 2K? Like I said on the last episode, absolutely not. Does the game definitely have annoying mechanics and a lot of suction and skating? Yes. But for what I'm trying to do, which is play domination and have a little bit of fun using, you know, players that I love from the past and present and, you know, playing legends with my brother, it's probably going to scratch the itch this year and I'm going to end up getting my money's worth. Which is the main thing. With, uh, with any game, no matter what you're doing, how many, how many hours you sink into it, what you're playing, as long as you come away feeling that you've enjoyed the game, got your money's worth, that is the main thing. And speaking, of course, of money and VC, we absolutely advocate no money spent, even if this game wasn't as greedy as it is, as we talked about on the last show, that uh, we, we do advocate no money spent, uh, not <laughs> giving into that. And if you want to play a few exhibition games, if you play now games, you can rack up some VC and then take that into my team and, and buy these players. Absolutely. And also, shout out to Parsec for creating such an amazing app that allowed Andrew and I to connect on the PC versions of NBA 2K17 and NBA Live 06 because it worked really great for andrew he was hitting his free throws um he was he, he had a nice three with monta ellis on nba 2k 17 overall parsec has been really coming through lately and we love it it's been such an essential tool to our basketball gaming over the past couple of years i mean it started out with playing i guess nba live 10 on the, the ps3 emulator and a couple of other games like that but it's such a repertoire we have now yeah, it doesn't get old. We we just can play so many different games. And recently we've been playing, you know, NBA 2K14 for the Xbox One using Parsec in combination with the Xbox app. And yeah, I, I think that this is something that we can always lean on for fun, Andrew. Definitely. And, and to be able to revisit these, uh, these favorites together has been uh, such a joy. And 
Yeah, I still need to challenge you, Derek, to uh, to come up with your top twenty-five list. Uh, as I said, it was it was tough cutting mine down to twenty-five and, and then ranking them. Once, you, especially once you get to the top fifteen, because there were some in that eleven to fifteen range that I really felt like I could put in the top ten. But yeah, it's it's tough to separate at that point. I don't know if I can do it. I got to be honest with you; <laughs> it's too tough. Yeah. And like, so you know how I, like you said at the onset of the episode, I'm moving. So I obviously have to move my basketball video games to the new place. I had two giant tub containers, really deep containers that I filled up with my basketball video game collection, Andrew. It is absolutely ridiculous how many basketball video games I have and how many basketball video games I love. So to and I'm going to have to show a screenshot of that sometime. So people can see what I'm talking about. I have so many different basketball video games. Uh, I don't know if I can narrow it down uh, in a top 25. Definitely as challenging as I said. And I've made a great pickup recently, complete in box copy of Lakers versus Celtics for PC. So I was very pleased about that. He finally got it, people. He's been talking about this for a year. But that game is still fun too. As you know, I was re- I was playing that recently in uh, Stildo 33, uh, Ken. Him and I connected on it and had a game. And same with me and Ad B-Ball video games. And you can see why these games were fun. But yeah, always fun to revisit a couple of our favorites. They are going to stay in the rotation, especially with 2K17 working so well over Parsec now. That is definitely going to be one that we play. And of course, we will keep the community up to date on what we are playing and our exploits on the virtual hardwood. But uh, let's turn it over to the community now as we open up the mailbag. To the mailman. He what an unbelievable dunk. So I asked the community, what is your favorite basketball video game of all time? And as we said, not always an easy question to, uh, to answer, Derek, to narrow it down to just one or even five or ten. Yeah, like I said, I had to go with NBA 2K17 based on the fact that it's the, time, the most time I've ever spent with a basketball video game but it is debatable if it's my overall favorite of all time i mean ask you on a different day ask me on a different day i might change my order i'm probably going to always say oh six uh for now at least but yeah my answers could sometimes change day to day absolutely so let's get to the community responses now first up we have chuck at chuck la 92 Simply posts a screenshot of the box art of NBA 2K16, and I love that game too. I know he loves it because he's submitted countless highlights for the top 10 plays of the week um, from NBA 2K16. And I just think he likes that, you know, that generation of 2K games. I think he likes NBA 2K15, 16, and 17, but primarily 2K15 and 2K16 based on what I see him playing the most. Strong releases all around, a strong uh, era for 2K, obviously. And I do love that he posted the the MJ cover, the Legend Edition cover for, two, for 2K16. Yeah, that is a nice touch. Uh, I do like unique covers like that. And shout out to Juicy Shackmeat, a member of the NLSC community and our Discord, who made his own Kobe Bryant box covers for nba 2k24 including one for the nintendo switch and he he showed screenshots of those and hey i gotta tell you i prefer his cover over nba 2k's official nba 2k24 cover agreed agreed there was some very nice custom designs there next up we have trend at cystic underscore jedi says i think it's nba 2k14 on xbox one and ps4 for me and that is a game that has 
climb the standings in my all-time favorite basketball games. I think I had it at number four from memory. Yes, number four. And yeah, fantastic game. Still playing it to this day. Yeah, hard to argue. It's just the gameplay is so good, right? And the atmosphere is so good. And whether you're playing the PC version of that game or the Xbox One PS4 version, uh, the gameplay is just so solid. Because the the gameplay on both of those, uh, last gen and the you know what was new gen at the time, are so similar that you can have a fun gameplay experience with both. Sticky fingers at Sticky Fingers FR says. 2K11 talks about how it brought him back to the virtual hardware on PC years after EA, and he quit the uh, the genre on PC. Yeah, 2K11 got quite a few votes for obvious reasons. Uh, it had the classic teams. It had the Jordan Challenge done right. You know, Jordan played the way he does in real life in that game, and I think that it was far superior to the way he played in NBA 2K23. And it was really just a landmark release for the 2k series and you can still go back and play that game as you and i have done recently and just have a blast on it no matter what you're playing and uh real house says hashtag nba live and you know that that's further proof that people do miss nba live and they do like nba live and that it is a game that people have enjoyed over the years and rightfully so real house has some of the best highlights of from nba live 19 he submits many for the top 10 and it's always uh, in like, it's like in court battles and whatnot. And he has just some great passes, great dunks, just super awesome, like street ball moves and whatnot. You can tell he knows that game back to front because of the way he uses the sticks. So he's awesome with that game. Always great to see those submissions in the top 10. Please keep them coming. And uh, next up we have Bucky T says it's extremely tough, but I have to go with a tie with these three games. Live 95, because that's the first hoop game I've ever played, then 2K11 and 2K14. Those games alone speak for themselves. I would absolutely have to agree with all of them. I played Live 95 for Super Nintendo recently just to quickly get a clip to respond to the uh, Seattle Supersonics uh, Twitter. Who is your favorite Supersonics player? And I uh, had a play with uh, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. I did just throw it on very quickly to get that clip. I didn't have one on hand. Threw it on very quickly, Derek, to... uh, respond to that on on twitter and put that uh, clip out there but i i wanted to play it more I, i'm gonna have to get that into the rotation somehow again because that is the first five on five game that i played actually live 95 so i have a lot of nostalgia for that so i absolutely understand that and 2k11 a classic as you said and uh 2k14 yeah i love those choices right i like how he mentions an original because it's the first one he played right like you'll always have a special connection to that game absolutely it might not be your favorite to put on it might it might not be the game that you played the most but it's the game that introduced you to virtual hoop and for me that game was double dribble and while obviously the game doesn't have depth you can only use a few teams you can only play exhibition games and whatnot. And overall, it's pretty limited because it's on the NES. I have a, a special connection to that game. So I, I definitely see where he's coming from with NBA Live 95. And it's hard to argue with 2K11 and 2K14, which are two incredibly common choices when people talk about their favorite basketball video game of all time. And Stephen, the Live King, uh, this is not a surprising uh, answer from him. NBA Live 09. Love the graphics and audio. It had so much stuff in the game. DNA, FIBA, etc. Got me into making edits and slider adjustments. By far the most detailed b-ball game I've ever played. Literally had a slider for everything. And yeah, he's done some great content for Live09 over the years. Still breaking it out today. And I'd love to see that too. 
he talks about that game a lot and you and i actually revisited that recently and we used the jazz if you remember correctly we were slashing with karolenko and hitting jump shots with darren williams and getting boozer in the mid-range and whatnot and the game was fun like i can see where he's coming from i think that the atmosphere and the graphics on that game are really really good for playstation 3 and the game had more depth than many of the you know the newer live games that were say like nba live 16 uh you know nba live 15 etc last appearance of the all-star weekend in live as well which was uh, unfortunate to uh, lose that from live 10 but yeah live 09 definitely holds its own uh teddy bear the gamer says nba in the zone 2000 Uh, i wasn't expecting to see that one in there but uh, i have played that and uh, haven't spent as much time with it but yeah a a surprising choice there but that's cool to see a a different game uh being mentioned i love hearing a konami basketball video game be be someone's favorite of all time that is not my favorite nba in the zone i would say that at the moment it's nba in the zone 2 probably right behind that the original i was gonna say because you've got the fake jordan you've got the fake Shaq, fake barkley oh yeah yeah exactly um but the nba in the zone series is incredibly unique in the basketball video game space because it gave a completely different type of gameplay style um animation wise that you were getting from nba live and then you know nba 2k when they started you know releasing games and i think that those games can be really fun Next up is iMasonKOG, another contributor to the top 10, of course, has a handful of favorites here, and I'm already seeing some that uh, stand out to me, 2K11, 2K19, 2K16, NBA Live 2005, the NBA Street Series, and uh, NBA Jam 2004, uh, kind of an overlooked game there. I, I, I don't mind that one, it's not my favorite jam, but some really cool stuff in it, including that retro mode uh, long before 2K was doing it. That's what I remember from NBA Jam 2004 is like the, you know, playing one of the classic challenges in that game and it's black and white, right? Like a really cool touch for uh, an the audio filter, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the audio, exactly. Really cool touch for an old basketball video game, arcade or otherwise. And I, I notice a trend too when people are talking about some of the newer 2Ks, which one's their favorite. And NBA 2K19 does come up a little bit more often than the others. Uh, it comes up more often than 2K18, 20, 21, 22, 23. So I think that NBA 2K19, and I've said this on a, on a recent episode, I think it might be the best game since NBA 2K17 from the 2K series. I like 2K19. I spent a lot of time with it playing uh my career getting into the hall of fame in my career and, and playing online as well uh i definitely felt it was an improvement after 2k18 and uh yeah clearly some other people feel that way as well great mods obviously from uh stildo speaking of which uh stildo is up next says uh lakers versus celtics and the nba playoffs i kept stats on paper as i played bulls versus lakers blazers nba showdown 94 was amazing live 95 2k8 was my first time playing the 2k series 2k11 and 2k19 one of the other two best are NBA Jam and Arch Rivals. I was always bummed Arch Rivals didn't expand that series a little more with a faster-paced game. It was a great concept. And of course, Arch Rivals did pave the way for NBA Jam for Midway there. And it is a lot of fun uh, to revisit, but it is held back by those damn cutscenes, Derek. Worst implementation almost in basketball video game history was a cutscene after every single basket um, in Arch Rivals. That, that, what an annoying thing. Good game otherwise, though. In my opinion, I like the gameplay. Um, he loves those old school side view, you know, NBA showdown, Bulls versus Blazers, Celtics versus Lakers, etc. The ones that, um, 
you know, you go back and play and, and you can see that they are primitive, right? You know, whether you're playing the Super NES, uh, you know, the NES or, you know, Sega, Genesis, etc. But you can still find fun with them. And I think that the best version of NBA Showdown is actually the one for Sega Genesis. Uh, it's a lot smoother gameplay. It's faster paced than the Super NES version and whatnot. But yeah, I love that he still holds those titles close to his heart and that there are some of his favorites because those are some super old school basketball video games uh disgusted laker fans says 2k14 it's another vote for 2k14 there very popular in our community for modding on pc obviously and the ps4 x1 version is fantastic as we said uh coach 2k at the coach 2k on x says for the best franchise my league traditional my gm plus gameplay experience my personal favorite is nba 2k19 so another vote for 2K19 there. As you say, it is getting more popularity. A lot of people talking about how they did uh, really enjoy that game. And uh, Marvelson36 says NBA Live 2003-06 to and another vote for Arch Rivals. And I've talked before, Derek, about Live 2003-06 to being that possibly a second golden age for NBA Live, either 2004-06 to or 2003-06 to because we did kind of start with 2003 with the freestyle uh, control. But yeah, that, that is definitely a, a great time in basketball gaming, uh, both live and 2K. The early 2Ks were really coming into their own as well, and live was still great. Uh, yeah, great time to have two very strong, viable uh, brand leaders. NBA Live 2003 got a few mentions here. And I think that it was just such a big jump from NBA Live 2002, which is kind of a slow-paced game where you're very limited on the controls and then you know nba live 2003 came out and it was the right stick dribbling the right stick triple threat um it was more powerful dunks you know exciting blocks uh and it was just a completely different experience those games are not very similar at all so i'm not surprised to see you know nba live 2003 get some mentions here and indeed it gets another one from uh, k underscore swindle underscore fbk at KillerKev0213 on X, says Live 2003 and 05. So a couple of popular games there in our community. Uh, Doug at DougG98 says uh, it's 2K11, probably on my Mount Rushmore of best sports games. And, you know, we talk about it being one of the best basketball games of all time, but yeah, it's it's one of those games that people will pick uh, as, as the representative of uh, the basketball game on their Mount Rushmore of different sports games. Yeah, and that's not just nostalgia either. That's the gameplay game. is just yeah. good. It's just a great, it's just a really well done game that you know was all about the NBA and a love for basketball. And uh, Technical nineteen eighty eight at Top Dog nineteen eighty eight says NBA Live 08. and yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of people uh, say that Live Eight is their favorite, but uh, yeah, no, no judgment at all. I mean, it's uh, I, I have got enjoyment out of that more so the three sixty PS three version, but uh, yeah, that's a different one. It's interesting because I'd like to know what version he's talking about. He didn't clarify, so I'd like to know if he's talking about the PS3 version or the PS2 slash PC version, because you and I did play Live 08 recently on the PC, and it was using your classic Teams mod, and we used young MJ, and that session was fun, and I think that there's actually some gameplay advantages to the PC slash PS2 version over its um, PS3 version and whatnot, so um, I would be interested to know which which one he's talking about 
uh, Dime Dropper at Dime Dropper Pod. Shout out to uh, Dime Dropper. Huge basketball fan, great basketball mind. Love his coverage, love his commentary on the uh, current game and also going back. And, uh, you know, he goes right back to the 50s, 60s and 70s, Derek, to, uh, to talk about the history of the game. Love to see that. Uh, he says... 2K12 because they added all the classic teams, but I've got a soft spot for NBA Live 06, 08, and 10. And 06, obviously, one of my favorites, my all-time favorite. 10 has really uh, become one of my favorites. Liked it back in the day. Really love it now. 2K12, a strong release as well. Uh, they, they really... Uh, this really made a smart decision with 2K12 because they saw the lockout coming to add that historical content to tide us over until they could push through that update with the 2012 rosters. Uh, yeah, very, very well handled 2K12 and a great game on the sticks too. Yeah, Dime Dropper is a really good guy. And like you said, he's kind of a basketball historian and whatnot. And he covers all decades and he cares about basketball, right? He cares about the game. And um, him and I have had a bunch of conversations in DM. We've shared each other's content and everything. And he's, he's definitely a cool guy. Um, as far as 2K12, it kind of gets overlooked because of the popularity of 2K11. But the gameplay actually on 2K12 has some uh, a few advantages over 2k11 including more options uh, with your dribble moves and whatnot using a combination of the bumpers and the sticks and whatnot so um yeah 2k12 they had all of that historical content uh the greatest games and whatnot and yeah 2k12 they knocked it out of the park with that one and I do think that it also was a great decision to expand beyond MJ. Obviously, you know, Michael Jordan being my favorite player, I have no uh, qualms about 2K11 focusing on Michael Jordan, having the Jordan challenge and everything. But expanding beyond the classic teams focused on Michael Jordan was definitely for the best in the long run. Oh, 100%. I think the thing is, is that they've done such a great job, even with the newer games, as far as adding more historical content of course we have our critiques because a lot of it is incomplete and inaccurate but you know adding my nba eras right absolutely um, yeah and you know adding the all-time teams and doing you know adding more classic teams over the years and everything they've done a really good job of getting that content in there and next up is anthony may says love this game forever and shares a screenshot of live 95 and a great screenshot of NBA Live 95 with the uh, that great NBA Live 95 logo. And I do love those old logos of those uh, original NBA Live games. Very nostalgic for me, Derek. You know, we, we played NBA Live 95 earlier this year. And the game still can produce some fun, Andrew. And we played that over Parsec and whatnot. I still think that, you know, outside of the nostalgia, the bones in place for those early NBA lives and those games in general that came out in the 90s and early 2000s, the bones are there for fun. And I think that you and I, whenever we put on those games, we make the best of them. And D at the day has end 3D on uh, X says 2K12 or 16. A couple of popular choices there. And uh, Gava at Gava is great says 2K14 with UBR mod. You can literally play all eras with the drafts. The graphics are so much enhanced with the support of the modders. And yeah, that that game has been kept alive by uh, UBR and URB and and other mods over the years, obviously. And yeah, just just the most modded game uh, in our, the history of our community. NBA 2K14 is timeless for the PC, and you know the graphics are. Are, are good because they're from the ps3 generation of games so there's nothing wrong with looking at the game it's not an eyesore or anything like that the graphics are still very good um obviously graphics mods scoreboards um you know 
basketball mods, court mods, jersey mods, Dornas, arenas, um, full roster conversions to the college game, FIBA game, um, all the different seasons in the UBR and the URB, all of that stuff. Like, just endless amount of content. Gameplay is solid. Um, tons of depth. Yeah, NBA 2K14 PC. Um, it's one of my favorite of all time as well. And we have some answers from uh, Nate Starshow and Roger Ward here, the Life Does One legends, of course, friends of the show, and once again, check out their YouTube channel for all that they're doing, which includes NBA Live 2001 content, but not just NBA Live 2001. Uh, Roger says that his favorite is still NBA Live 2001. Nate probably has shifted to Live 2003, but also gives us a list, Live 2001, 2K14, Live 2003, and Live 2005. And I love all of those. I refuse to believe that Nate has switched from NBA Live 2001 to Live 2003 as his favorite. Those guys are the Live 01 legends after all. Um, So we need some confirmation from Nate, whether it's having him on the show again or, you know, him you know, letting us know on X or whatnot. But um, yeah, some great titles Roger mentioned there. I also know that Roger had a really good time with NBA 2K19, actually. Um, but he mentions Live 05. I re- uh, I've re- revisited that quite a bit recently, and it, it definitely has some good bones, and that game is fun as well. And a little bit at Baby Cotto 333 on X. Uh, another vote for 2K16 and 2K17 and NBA Live 2005 and 10. Great choices there. And Big Perk at Sweet Jones underscore OTF says, Man, this is tough. Got to go with 2K10 and 2K11. I remember how the college battles were. So 2K10 and 2K11 are pretty different from a gameplay perspective overall. Uh, I believe uh, you know 2K11 was when Mike Wang had heavy influence on the gameplay. I think as a result, NBA 2K10 is kind of overlooked. Uh, I, th- I still think the game is incredibly fun to play. Me and at B-Ball Video Games had a couple sessions on that using mods and whatnot. And the pace of that game is great. It has some of the best atmosphere in basketball video game history. And you can just really pull off a lot of fun moves with the dribbling and spin mechanics in NBA 2K10. So I'm glad that one got a mention. And I'm also glad to hear that the prior responder, he he mentioned NBA Live 10 because that was the first that, that one got brought up. And jumping over to our Facebook now, uh, Hugh says, I think the one game that I remember the most is NBA Live 2005 when they introduced the new dunk contest. Oh boy, went Live 2004 to 2005. I sure spent all my time in that mode. And, and yeah, All-Star Weekend was huge. It's funny to look back and see that people were claiming that there was a dunk contest to unlock in Live 2004, Derek. That was a uh, a rumor back in the day. Of course, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you hide such a big uh, selling point as a uh, very difficult to unlock uh, secret in the game? You know, that's one of those things you've got to think about when people talk about uh, video game secrets, basketball or otherwise. But yeah, the All-Star Weekend in 2005 was huge. I know that's one of your favorite modes in the history of hoop games and the fact that we don't have it today as far as like having it an option that's that's not right like i mean how can we have that in in, in two in a game that was released in 2004 but not a game that was released in 2023 you know i have thought about that but i, I think the all-star weekend has lost its luster as well so i, I kind of get why oh it has i kind of get why it it's has. not uh, focused on it's still a shame you know obviously especially with my nba eras you know play, playing through the 80s you want to have that dunk contest between mj and neek right Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that All Star Weekend is going to recover 
unless they go back to making it more of a traditional competition. Agreed. You know, whether it be the three-point contest, the dunk contest, etc. Um, hell, I think I'd rather watch two ball from the late 90s than watch <laughs> All-Star Weekend today. It's the uh, great quote from Sean Miller. Forget the dunk contest, two ball is here to stay. Not the, uh, not the best prediction there. But uh, she, she is an all-time legend in, uh, in basketball, Cheryl Miller. <laughs> not, not a good prediction, though. Yeah, but I, 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 I will say this. Two-ball was entertaining for me. Oh, yeah. I don't it, know why I liked it. but It was different. I'll give it that, if nothing else. It was different. And uh, Royce, shout-out to Royce, uh, sent us another very nice email this past week as well. Uh, it says, I can't have just one. There are too many that hold a special spot in my memories. NBA 2K11 and 2K12, NBA Street Volume 2, NBA Live 96, NBA Showdown 94, NBA Jam and Tournament Edition, Live 96 for the Legends Cheat Codes, Street Volume 2 because it was a graduation present and still a game I play today, gameplay, art style of the game, literally everything. Jam and Tournament Edition, just two of the greatest of all time, Showdown because of the hours I put into playing the game then and now, 2K11 and 2K12 because of his Ennis and all the Legends content, Legends Showcase, still one of the best, if not the best, pickup games options in that mode. That, of course, was the DLC, also available in the Legends edition of, uh, or the Game of the Year edition, I believe, of NBA 2K12 uh, for the PS3 and 360. And, yeah, some great games there, obviously. The Legends cheat codes in 96. Uh, the NBA wasn't too pleased about it, but we certainly benefited from that as gamers. And I- I've said it before, Derek, but I do prefer Tournament Edition to the original NBA Jam for some of the improvements they made, adding tag mode, uh, changing from the uh, the bars, the ratings bars, to the numerical uh, ratings to uh, remove all the ambiguity there, and some of the other enhancements they made. The, the expanded rosters, obviously. Uh, also, I play that first, actually. I play Tournament Edition before the original NBA Jam, so that, so that goes back to what you played first becomes your uh, all-time favorites as well. Nothing wrong with that. I watched Terminator 2 before I saw the original Terminator. I mean, then I watched the original one. Terminator, <laughs> and yeah, exactly, and then realized that Terminator 2 was definitely the best one. Um, yeah, so Royce gets it, and I love it. He didn't just name Sim Games, Andrew. Mm. He mixed it up, and he, he, I think he understood the full scope of the question. It, it, it asked, what's your favorite basketball video game of all time? It didn't say Sim or Arcade. So he mentioned a bunch of great arcade games or non-sim games like the streets and nba jam and whatnot and he mentioned some of our favorites like nba street volume 2 and nba jam on fire edition and then also pivoted and said well these are also some of my favorite sims and another thing that i like about his mindset with this is that he's just like me he can't narrow it down andrew he can't just pick one there's been so many that he enjoys, and he probably enjoys every time he picks them up. And it's it's really tough to narrow it down to one basketball video game when you just have a such a love for you know that genre for for basketball video games. And jumping over to our Discord now, Juicy Shackmeat says, for more than a decade, 2K11 is still the king of basketball video games for me. The Jordan modes feel more authentic than in 2K23, and I still have fond memories with my player and association. The amazing soundtrack takes the cake. And yeah, I mean, you've said it before, Derek, that Michael Jordan feels more like MJ in 2K11 than 2K23. 
I like the approach to the Jordan Challenge in 2K11 a little bit more, being able to jump around to the different games. I get what they were doing in 2K23 and with the Mumba Moments mode in 2K24, but I like the flexibility of saying, okay, this this challenge is a little bit tough, or I'm not as big of a fan of this one. I want to come back to it later. I want to play my favorite one first. Uh, yeah, 2K11, such a fantastic game, and uh, there's a reason that it holds up. There's a reason why people are still modding it. Still a reason why I'm not going to ever say I will not try a mod for 2K11 at some point. Right, and I like the gameplay better on NBA 2K11 over NBA 2K23. Yeah. Like, I am not going to go back and revisit 2K23. I'm done with that game. Like, it's not something I'm going to revisit now or in the future, probably. But NBA 2K11, I've revisited consistently because I just like the way the game feels on the sticks and the way the games play out and whatnot. And finally, Vin says, this is a very tough question, but it goes on to answer, I'm going to go with a game I played a lot when I was a teenager, NBA Live 2003. And that is a game that has been divisive in our community over the years i've had mixed feelings about it i've ultimately come around on it to accept it for what it is not the ideal direction for the gameplay i wanted in nba live as a sim game but still a lot of fun very memorable and a landmark release with freestyle control obviously and, and yeah even if we even if there are other games that went uh, more in that sim direction that we wanted live 2003 still has a lot of good points and i do enjoy it it does. I, I think that the um, NBA Live 2003 to Live 2006, there's a lot of nostalgia for, but also you can pinpoint why they were better than some of the other versions in the Live series. And I think that the developers do have something to be proud about. So does the marketing team for those games. If you remember correctly, NBA Live was in everybody's living rooms, in everybody's heads. They did a great job marketing those games through commercials, um, different advertising campaigns, and getting you know the big names in the NBA to you know shout out NBA Live and promote it. So from a marketing perspective and what they were doing feature-wise and gameplay-wise, uh, they definitely have stuff to be proud about. I mean, you only have to go back to the Live 07 commercials. I mean, there's the humorous ones with uh, Adam Morrison, but there's also the uh, the behind-the-scenes video that's, uh, I believe, on our YouTube channel. A couple of people have uploaded it. I think we still have it on ours. That he's talking about growing up playing NBA Live. That's what players players coming into the league in the late 90s, early 2000s, to mid-2000s. That was the game they grew up with, NBA Live. Exactly. And, you know, you put on NBA Live 2004 and it's just a bevy of NBA players saying, you know, EA Sports, it's in the game, right? Like stuff like that. And, you know, you got Yao Ming in there and Anton Jameson and, and Steve Francis and whatnot. And the players played NBA Live back then, right? And they were proud to say they played NBA Live back then. And it was great for marketing. But thank you as always to everybody who responded to Derek's Marbag Prompt. Uh, yeah, we love talking about our favorite games and, and hearing about other people's, Derek. Yeah, it's awesome. A um, lot of responses to that question. And I just love that people are sharing their stories about basketball video games, the games that they love, their highlights for the top 10, you know, sending us, you know, their clips on X, you know, uploading to YouTube and sending us the links. Uh, yeah, it's an awesome community. So by all means, keep that discussion going and, and keep enjoying those old favorites. Uh, by all means, play 2K24 and more recent games as well. Play what you want. Don't let anybody tell you that you're wrong for enjoying what you enjoy on the virtual hardwood. But yeah, definitely dust off those old favorites, Derek, because we uh, we are big advocates for that because we can tell you firsthand how much we've really enjoyed that over the past few years, connecting with each other to play, as well as playing you with your brothers, me solo as well. But no, it's just been a joy to uh, to revisit these old games and to keep them in our rotation. Yeah, play what you want, play what you love. Don't do 
you know, don't play stuff for clout, attention, etc. Don't play uh, anything because you feel pressured to, etc. Just, you know, just play what you want. That is the point of gaming after all, to have fun. Exactly. A, uh, <laughs> novel concept, I know. With that being said, that has brought us to the end of this week's show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week and every week, either on the NLSC, mb-live.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us. And of course, stay up to date with all of our content. So Derek, go ahead and plug the handles. You can reach me on X at d for 3 g and at d for 384 I'm on YouTube, d for 3 and I'm on the NLSC, d for 3 I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on X. The NLSC is on X and Facebook at the NLSC. We're also NLSC Basketball on Instagram and Threads. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash Center, And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in, and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.